I knew there was a green in the refrigerator, but you just didn't know it. That's good. Good morning, everyone. I'm just hearing um, a testimony of someone who's reading the Bible through that for the first time. And she's read all different places, but never read the Bible through. And so she said that she is learning things she's never learned before. She's seeing the biblical narrative and making sense of it where it was big blank spots before. See, that's why we do this. It's because it's going to give you a grasp on the word that you've never had before. A grasp that you can't just get because someone is teaching. I'm glad you come and listen to teaching and I want you to do that. But whenever you have your own basis of understanding of the totality of the word of God, teaching only benefits you more. Because then I can just reference something and you're like, oh yeah, I know what she means. You don't have to stop and go through and try to fill in all the blanks and, you know, you can cover more territory. That's what, that's the purpose of it. It just makes us more well-rounded as learners. So it's good. So we're going to get started this morning as the cold people straggle in. And um, who has a, a prayer request? Yep. Okay. Yes, we've had some cold stuff, hadn't we? We'll pray for trial. Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. Okay, let's, right, we'll pray for the sister-in-law. Absolutely, yes, ma'am. Praise the Lord. No, we need the building sold, right? The building sold. Who in here will agree with her and will call this building sold? Okay, let's get this done for her, right? Let's get it done. I mean, they've been. This has been ongoing, right? We need a win. Okay, let's pray for this. Who else? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yep. Yes, just deliverance from all of this drug and all of the side effects. Yeah, absolutely. Praise God that they're coming off. Good deal. Yes, ma'am. Camera. Uh-huh. Okay. Let's pray for healing there. Okay. Yes, Pam. Your mom. Okay. Yes. Let's pray for a healing for this cancer. Yes, ma'am. Renee is, um, yep, yeah, she... We thought, bits of praise report, she thought for sure she broke her ankle, and they thought she did, sent her to an orthopedic surgeon. They found out it was not broken and that she's going to be able to recuperate with just a boot. So that's good. You know, anytime they don't have to cut on you, it's a good thing. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for hearing and answering prayer. We thank you for Renee's healing, Lord God, that as you've already begun this healing, God, we just ask that you would perfect it entirely and that she would come out of this boot in record time, Lord God, with full mobility. Lord, as she rehabilitates, even continue to heal her back. We pray, Father, you would remove all hardware from her back and restore it as it was when, on the day she was born. I pray, Lord God, for this one who in the family who has cancer, we rebuke cancer in the name of Jesus, and I pray for healing. I pray, Lord God, for traveling mercies. I ask you, Lord God, to touch this, this family who has flu, that you would raise them up and heal them. I pray for Pam's mother, God, whatever the situation, I just lift her up to you right now and ask, Lord God, that you would minister your grace in the circumstance, Lord. We pray, Father, for Cindy right now. I just ask that this building would be sold in the name of Jesus. We call it so. We ask right now as this person comes to look at it that you begin to prepare this person. God, that it fits their need exactly, Lord God, and that this transaction would be done in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, for Chris Strawn's sister-in-law, that she's having complications. I just ask that you would move and restore her body to normal, Lord. And I pray, Father, for every need that wasn't mentioned, Lord, and the ones I forgot. God, you know them all. I ask, Lord, that you would touch and that you would minister your grace and open our ears to hear God today. In Jesus' name, amen. 
okay, I've got a real exciting message today. This is like one of those messages. If I can do it justly, it'll help you beyond measure in understanding the Bible. Now, I, you know, I hope. So, now that's, you know, and when you read it, it's just going to help you. It's going to help you understand the entire biblical narrative. So, as we start today... I want to, I ended last week, and I know, I know these ideas are kind of complex, not because you're not smart enough to get them. I don't mean complex like that. I mean they're complex in that maybe they're not things that you've heard talked about enough to be familiar with the language where you can quickly go, oh, I know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? When you start hearing like something that you maybe haven't heard it phrased that way, it can sort of be like, okay. Let me, let, me, let me get this straight. But it's so important. And when I talked about last week, when I said the whole earth at the cross was reduced to two men. Now, I want us to understand this concept. Because when we understand this concept, it, it helps us to know who we are in the body of Christ. And when we know who we are in the body of Christ and how we got there, then we can stand more effectively in our role as those who declare the word of God and the word begins to work. Because everything you do as a child of God in this earth, you do by faith. And if you don't have the faith that came by the hearing of the message, then you can't appropriate what faith is wanting to give. Does that make sense at all? Like, for instance, whenever Jesus came down from the Mount of Transfiguration and he found his disciples in there in a big kerfuffle, right? A big kerfuffle. You know, they were verklempt. <laughs> just having fun, y'all, sorry. <laughs> it was a big, it was just a lot of, he came down and said, what's the hullabaloo? Right? You know, there was a big, a big, commotion because because his disciples he's up glowing on the mountain and two of the disciples are with him you know obviously his um, heavy hitters are with him and he's left his other disciples down below I'm already a little jealous aren't you I mean so no wonder I couldn't get the job done I'm probably dealing with my jealousy that I didn't get called to go up the mountain that's beside the point but the, the boy that can't get delivered, that the father brought. And so then Jesus casts out the spirit, heals the boy, everything's good. And he turns to his disciples and says, oh, you of little faith, how long am I going to have to put up with you? I mean, we act like Jesus is just like this, this you know, he wouldn't say anything wrong to anybody. Wouldn't, you know, and there's a, that aspect of who he is. You know, that of smoking flax, he will not quench. You know, it's just a wick that's barely going. He won't put it out. And a, and a bruised reed, he'll not break. So there's that aspect of him, this tenderness, and yet he would just be as assertive as could be. I mean, really, he knows exactly. He knows how to hold those two and get, get done what needs to be done in the place it needs to be done. And so he, he, and then he turns to them and says this. And then after they leave, you know, they're kind of licking their wounds a little bit. And they turn to Jesus and they're like, so. So why couldn't we do it? So why couldn't we cast this out? And he turns to them and he says, this kind, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you know, he talks about this, but then he turns and he says something particular. He said, this kind goeth out not, but by prayer and fasting. So he told us a lot about demonology there. He said, there's some demons that get entrenched. There's some demons in the life of a person who there, that demon can be so ground in perhaps through generations, perhaps through the um, hierarchy of who that demon is. You know what I mean? That's landed in that life. Got some more clout. Because not all demons have the same clout. You got low-level ones. You got, you know, there's, there's levels. So we, we were looking at this, and it's like, and he says, but it goes out not by prayer and fasting. But here's the deal. The disciples had an instant need, didn't they? That man came to them right then and said, I need my boy fixed. Yeah. 
What did they not have time to do? Pray and fast. So you better have that done before you get there. So what he's saying is, and it's not that you're paying the toll by prayer and fasting. Don't get that twisted. That's not true because it's still a work of grace. But what he's saying is you better have your spiritual understanding in place and know how to operate in faith, know who you are and how you are before you get there because that devil's going to know if you know up from down. He's going to play with you. And this happens all the time in the body of Christ. You get, I've seen preachers before with all their big exploits trying to cast out demons, and I just want to go, I want to walk up to them, and I want to kick them in the shin and go, shut up. You look like an idiot. If you've got an, you don't have to do this whole, you think you look spiritual talking to these demons here? Stop it now. You know what I mean? It turns into a show, and the demon is running it. I've watched Mike before. We had a, we had, in, see, in the, in what you want to accomplish has to be paramount. What you hold in value is paramount. And here's the deal. If you hold your own how you look in front of people, like they're going to see how spiritual I am and they're going to see me casting out a devil and they're going to be so impressed with me and you enter into that show, I'm te- it's the glory. You put the, sh- the showcase on you and you know what you're doing? You're trying to cast out a demon by a demon. That's it. And so here, I've seen Mike before. We had a, in Hot Springs, we had a service and Teen Challenge was there. A new inductee just came in. First 24 hours on the ground. And I'm telling you, if you want to get demon possessed, just get you on some drugs. Just start doing drugs and you'll have as many as you want. Especially hallucinogenic drugs. You can have friends with those. That's how it works. Because you're, you're lowering your mind. You're opening the door. And you're just inviting in all kinds. So we have this guy. He comes in 24 hours in, in Teen Challenge. And as soon as he's there, we're during praise and worship. I mean, the church is packed front to back. We had a, a full choir. And it would be so, we had 500 seats in the building. That was every chair we could possibly get in the building. And then we had a 50 chairs in the choir loft. And we would always tell our choir, don't. Put your purses on the chair. Take them with you because you're probably not going to get to leave. Depending upon how the room looked when it was time to dismiss the choir would tell us whether or not the choir was leaving or they were sitting on the stage, right? And so it was packed this morning. Choir on the stage, packed everything. It was during praise and worship. And so the guy was on the second row right over here. It was like three sections on the second row. And then his roommate comes up to us, and we're on the stage. And he says, hey, hey, hey. And so we come, we, he said, my roommate's growling at me right now. He's right beside, he's growling. We're like, we went off this platform, didn't we? A room full of people. He was in his seat, second person in. He moved, we moved him over. We get over to him, and he's going, he's foaming. He's got foam coming out his mouth, and he's growling, and he's got his fingers in a claw. So typical for a demon, this claw thing. I don't know why they do it. They're an, the, the animalistic thing. He's claw, and he's looking at us, and he looks at Mike and Mike. And only people that are around us, see, there's just, just this little circle of people, and worship's going on. Praise and worship leader's still going. The choir's still going. People still worshiping. The whole thing's going on. And Mike says, shut up. And he went, got his mouth ready to spit. He said, you will not spit on me in Jesus' name. And he said, angels hold him down. And as soon as he said that, because everybody's standing, the guy just falls to the seat. He's trying to get up. He's doing this. Both, isn't he? Both hands. And he looks at him. He said, you will get out of this man in the name of Jesus, and you go right now. And he said that, and that man fell in the floor, just fell in the floor. And we went back to the stage. Whole service went on. Nobody in the place other than just that little perimeter of people around us even knew what went on we didn't pull him up and make him a spectacle for everyone because let me tell you a person who's manifesting a demon they don't want to put on a show 
for everybody in the place. They don't want everybody in the place seeing them foam and spit and throw up for the entertainment of the crowd. Because as soon as that happens and they're delivered from that demon, what do they feel? So embarrassed. And so we, want, we, we saw this man, he was delivered. By service, he, had, he got up. By the end of the service, he's praising God. That night, came back for a you meal know, back in the day when we were spiritual, we had Sunday night services, when people would actually come to him. We could have them now, but y'all just wouldn't show up. So we, they all came in, and here he was, smile on his face. He was so happy. He was so, I mean, he got delivered from a demon. So that's what I want the body of Christ to be able to do. I want the body of Christ to know who they, I don't, I don't tell that to say, wow, look how spiritual. I tell, I want you to be able to cast out a demon in the places wherever you find them. And it not be a big show and it not be a big exploitation of any spiritual clout on your behalf. I'm always wanting to minister to people in a way that after they're ministered to, they still have self-value. So when a person says they don't want to fall down, I don't want to leave them with that embarrassment. I don't want I don't want them to I don't want to just just fire at people. I learned this. Gloria Fajardo taught this. I was in Mexico with her. First time I met the woman. And we were praying for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was praying for people in a room. And, man, they were falling. And the power of God was hitting. They were knocking down, knocking down, knocking down, knocking down. I mean, people like dominoes going everywhere. She stopped me. She came up to me and she said, stop it. Just like that. I went, she said, turn it down. We're not here to lay them on the ground. We're here to baptize them in the Holy Spirit. Quit it. I went, okay. And I thought, I can, so I thought, I can turn it down? I didn't know I could turn it down. I didn't know I had a knob until she taught me that. Didn't know I had a knob. Didn't know I had a dial. Because I, I found I have, a, I have a knob. So see, we need to know. See, it's not just about having, see, this kind goeth out not but by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting brings you into the realms of the spirit where you not only have spiritual power, but you have finesse. You know how to use and when and how to use that. You know what I'm talking about? To where if, if I'm under, the leader wants people baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm not laying them on the ground. I'm baptizing, I'm working on baptizing the Holy Spirit. I'm not there showing the bullets I have in my gun. And that may be, it may be that it just happens. But you know what I'm going to do, Andy, when it's just happening? I'm going to stand them up. I'm going to be like, get up, get up. We're not laying on the ground. You're gonna, you can't lay in the ground and I give, I'll lead you into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You see what I mean? There's two things that are functioning, and one's trying to function against the other one. And let me tell you where demons like to hide, on the ground. Fast. Whoop. Get them away from me. I've seen it over and over and over again. I'm like, I'll look at that and I'll go, man, you went out awful fast and started speaking in tongues real quick. Come on, get up. Demons. Nope, nope. Get up. What are you doing? Some of it's flesh and some of That's right. That's exactly right. Because you have to know 
how to operate in authority. You have to know that. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you have to know how to, you have to know how to, you know, so I want everybody to understand that. So Jesus is not just teaching how to heal the sick. He's teaching how to operate in the spirit. And see, and you're only going to know that when you learn how to navigate in the things of the spirit. And you can't learn how to navigate in the things of the spirit unless you have some some, you've clocked some hours, and I don't mean this in a duty-driven way nor in an earning way, but you've clocked some hours in prayer and fasting because you're trying to traverse in a territory that is simply unknown to you, and you're a novice. You see what I mean? And so I'm not, I'm not getting on to anyone. I mean, this was, I mean, I, I, mean, I learned I have a dial, I mean, how many times have you heard anybody teach that? The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. You have a dial. You can be, you can be wise in how you pray and how you do ministry. This kind goeth out, not by prayer and fasting. So that's a place to build our faith with regard to how to operate in the things of the Spirit. Now, that was all free. That wasn't a part of my message. So that, that's, that, might, that might change your life, too. How to use power. I mean, Mike, you have a degree in electricity, right? I bet you spent a great deal of your time learning how to respect electricity. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you, you learn. So you tread softly when you're when you go to a power plant that you feel that when you walk up you go. So you 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 start you don't go in there being all like, give me a pop wrench, I'll work on it. You're like, no. <laughs> right? You watch everything, and you're constantly being aware. Mm That's right. I mean, in you, another situation, you rebuked me one night, didn't you? So y'all think, y'all think that can't be done. Y'all think. So, you know, I was, he, yeah, well, I was praying for people, and he's my catcher, and he couldn't, it was too many people, and they were stacking women up on top of each other. He grabbed me. He said, stop it. I said, what? He said, slow down your roll, didn't you? He said, you let people get behind them so you can do this in a way that people remain safe. This is not about you. Yeah. You know why? You know why? Because you get in it. You get in it. I'm telling you, it feels like it feels like a dam going through you. And you're like, ah! And the catcher goes, see? <laughs> I'm catching. <laughs> see, that's, the, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking. So then, you know what I mean? There's, a, there's no one how, there's having the power and knowing how to operate in the power. Yes. We stop being usable. We're still learning all the time. Mm -hmm. And we learn from each other. 
Mike is Mike works differently in the altar than I do, and there are many times I just I just want to hang out with him in the altar because I want to see how he does it. You'll see me do that sometimes. That I'm praying with him in the altar. I, I you know I know that he's preached the message, and I know that he has the anointing for the circumstance, and so I'll pray with him for a while until I feel like I caught. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Until I caught that anointing, and I can operate because I'm operating under him. And then sometimes I stay with him the entire time. And then he's prayed with me before because we, oper- we flow differently in the spirit. And so I will, where he works a lot in words of knowledge. When he prays for people in the altar, he works in words of knowledge. He's telling them things about this is what's going on. This is what's happening. I don't do that. I don't work in words of knowledge generally. I'd like to more. So see, that's a, that's a muscle I need to develop. So I, I will watch him work in words of knowledge and how he does that and the way he handles people. Because I will see him give a person a word of knowledge, and then where they weren't receiving, all of a sudden now they're receiving. Now, see, I would, but he's prayed with me before, because he wants to see. I can. I don't want. I don't want the person talking to me. It distracts me because I'm a fixer. So they tell me what their problems are, and I'm like, Oh Lord, let me see. I got to go right out of treatment program. Be right back. I don't want that because I get real like. I get caught up in what they're talking to me about. If I start talking to them, I feel like I've just, I've just lost connectivity of the Spirit. I'll walk up to a person and lay my hands on their chest and on their back, and I'll just listen to the Spirit. And then I can feel, a re- when I feel, I literally, you know, I've told him this, I feel a release. And he's like, yeah, I don't do that, Right? But he sees, and so we've worked with each other. We were in Mexico. He said, I'm going to work with you. I'm going to pray with you. I want to I I develop that. Yeah, I mean, we all, right. That's true. We, act, we don't understand that sometimes. In your life, you develop all kinds of things, right? You develop a muscle. You, you know, if you want to work muscles and you want to get, get them cut, you've got to work at three different angles. Yes, it's beautiful. And it's organic and we're always learning and we're always listening and we're always growing. We want to get we want to get good at what we do. Don't y'all all want to get good at what we do? I want to get good at it. I want to be effective in the altar. And here's the point. I want to see people's lives completely transformed by the power of God. I don't want them saying, you're so powerful or anointed. That, you know, that's not, I understand the, I understand the sentiment, but I want people changed. What it should scare. And you should, Yes. Right. And here, it's always him. Here's what Catherine Coleman said. Because Catherine Coleman, she had a tremendous healing ministry. And she said, when people, it's, it's just natural. It's natural when somebody's been touched and you're the conduit by which they've been touched for them to say kind words about you. That's natural. And it's good for them to do that because they feel like they have to show appreciation. That's natural. She said, what, where it becomes dangerous, she said, for me, it's like a bouquet of roses. She said, I receive them and say, thank you. I smell them, and then I hand them to Jesus. So she's not calling the person down. Right, but then she's not getting it twisted on her end. So that's, that's so, so important, all that. That's totally, that was in the room. So that's just what we're going to do there. But this morning, let's go to Luke 3. Now I've got just a minute to tell you all the most important thing you've ever heard. Luke 3. Now, Dr. Luke. Mm, I'm going to pull it up in my La Biblia here. I've been, I have been reading through this time the Bible. I've been reading the New Living Translation, and I have loved it. I will always read different translations every year just because it helps me to see the Word in different light. So um, I'm going to start reading. I think it's verse 20 th- 28. No, 23. Sorry. Jesus was baptized in the Jordan. 
I'm going to back up one verse and just read the last part of it. And a voice from heaven said, what did it say? Y'all already know what it said. What did it say? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God has just told who Jesus is, right? From the clouds. Now, this is where we start. And Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his public ministry. Now listen, this is so important. Jesus was known as the son of Joseph. He was known as the son of Joseph. Now he wasn't from Joseph, was he? He was known as the son of Joseph. Joseph was the son of Heli. Heli was the son of Mahat. Mahat was the son of Levi. Levi was the son of Melchi. Melchi was the son of Jani. Jani was the son of Joseph. Joseph was the son of Matthias. Matthias was the son of Amos. Amos was the son of Nahum. Nahum was the son of Elsie. Elsie was the son of Nagai. Nagai was the son of Mahath. Mahath was the son of Matthias. Matthias was the son of Simeon. Simeon was the son of Joseph. So Joseph was the son of Jodah. Jodah was the son of Jonan. Jonan was the son of Resa. Resa was the son of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the son of Sheltiel. Sheltiel was the son of Neri. Neri was the son of Melchi. Melchi was the son of Adi. Adi was the son of Cosm. Cosm was the son of e e um, Elmadam. Elmadam was the son of Ur. Ur was the son of Joshua. Joshua was the son of Eliezer. Eliezer was the son of Joram. Joram was the son of Mahat. Mahat was the son of Levi. Levi was the son of Simon. Simeon. Okay. Simeon was the son of Judah. Judah was the son of Joseph. Joseph was the son of Joram. Joram was the son of Elkim. Elkayim. Elkayim was the son of Mila. Mila was the son of Mina. Mina was the son of Matthew. Matthew was the son of Nathan. Nathan was the son of David. David was the son of Jesse. Jesse was the son of Obed. Obed was the son of Boaz. Boaz was the son of Salom. Salom was the son of Nashon. Nashon was the son of Abinadab. Abinadab was the son of Admin. I bet he was a secretary. Admin was the son of Army. Army was the son of Hezron. Hezron was the son of Perez. Perez was the son of Judah. Judah was the son of Jacob. Jacob was the son of Isaac. Isaac was the son of Abraham. Abraham was the son of Terah. Terah was the son of Nahor. Nahor was the son of Shurig. Shurig was the son of Ru. Ruab was the son of Pelag. Pelag was the son of Ebner. Ebner was the son of Selah. Selah was the son of Canaan. Canaan was the son of Arxphad. Arxphad was the son of Shem. Shem was the son of Noah. Noah was the son of Lamech. Lamech was the son of Methuselah. Methuselah was the son of Enoch. Enoch was the son of Jared. Jared was the son of Mahalalel. Mahalalel, it's fun to say, Mahalalel. Mahalalel was the son of Kenan. Kenan was the son of Enosh. Enosh was the son of Seth. Seth was the son of Adam. Adam was the son of God. And you think, what's so important about that? We book, I bookended it. I just showed you Jesus was the son of God. Everybody else was the son of man, the son of Adam. Adam was the son of God. The, we've reduced all of humanity now to two people. The son of, we've, we've got Jesus, the son of God, and we've got Adam, the son of God. My question is, burning, burning, burning. Did Adam have a belly button? I don't think so. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Sorry, I digress. <laughs> but now we have, do you see why in the biblical account, Adam then, when he sinned, and all the children that are born after him are born because they have inherited sin from him. He is called the federal head of humanity. Of natural humanity that populated the planet, Adam, you can easily see, is the federal head of that sinful, sinful issuance from that seed. And also we could call it, in some roundabout way, the seed of Satan. In so much that because Adam's disobedience... Paul says, calls Satan the prince of the power of the air and those who work for him as the sons of disobedience. So I'm not saying that these are all devils. I'm saying that everyone born after Adam, who is the federal head of a sinful line, has the ground 
has the receptacle for Satan to sow his seed. Has this place in humanity where they can receive the life of Satan and they can mature the life of Satan and they can hand it on the works to another generation. Okay. I just I just use I just use basic reproductive system, but I sort of so the seed of Satan. Now now that kind of that kind of freaks you all out, right? And it should, because I think for too long in the body of Christ, we have been we have been presenting humanity as a fixer-upper project. He's got good bones. You know, we've all got good bones. We've all got something. We used to be great, and now we're not great anymore, so we're, we're just going to be fixed up. Repair, take out some bad stuff, but leave the stuff that's really nice. Let's leave the, leave the stuff that's not to your, that's to your taste. And then we'll just add in some new stuff with that. See, that's not how God sees it, is it? So now what I'm helping you to do is I'm, 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 I'm painting humanity quite bleak for a purpose. Because the Bible does. You see, what we've done in the Western church is we've, we've, we've cleaned up. you, and our, It's the seeker-sensitive movement is, the, is what happened here. We just wanted to tell everybody they were super nice at heart. And you could be better. You're so good already, but you could be a lot better if you just added little Jesus to your life. See what happened? You see? Yes. So what? But see if I can take you back to the federal head where corruption happened, and I can show you the lineage. And what you start seeing is, why did God even mess with this? Oh, God, that's the, that's the amazing thing, is that we have this, that God so loved the world. And he knew the corruption. And then you're like, when you read the Bible, and you're like, what, God, what are they? <laughs> so... And you find, see, that's what, that's exactly what. <laughs> that's how I know people are reading the Bible. They've come to the same conclusion. People are morons. That's why I want you to read the Bible. This makes it so much easier when I call you morons. You're like, yeah, hey, you'll go, amen. <laughs> it's because what I, I inherited this crap from Adam. That's right. That's right. I'm on the highway to hell, you know. <sighs> that's right. That's a girl who's read Judges, who understands, she understands the... I go fast through it because Mike can't stand me. I mean, so this, is, this is, so this is important. So I want you to understand that. When we see Adam, the son of God, and he fumbled. And then we all became... The second generation, sons of Adam. Second string fumblers. <laughs> now we can't even kick field. We can't even kick field goals anymore. <laughs> so here, here we are. And then we come see that, see that genealogy. You're like, I wish they didn't put that stuff in the Bible. I'm like, good thing. See right there, we'd miss. So we start out at Jesus, this is my beloved son, and we have, we go to Adam. So here we are, so we have two men. It's the firstborn, the natural man, Adam, which in the Passover, Egypt typified as the whole world, the firstborn. 
Egypt is like, it's like take all of the world of firstborn loser fumblers and let's just make a placeholder and call it Egypt and this represents the whole world of fumblers. All the world. And so Jesus is like, so when, the, when it comes around and the Passover happens, so what happens is, is that God is like, I'm going to take the firstborn from Egypt in a curse against their fumbling ways and their arrogance. Because that's what Egypt was, arrogant. And so he killed the firstborn of all man and of all beast. And when he did that, he judged the firstborn. But he preserved Israel through the blood. And so then Israel, he starts calling Israel something very important. Now the whole nation of Israel becomes a placeholder. They come forth when they walk out of their tents after Passover on that morning, they're called Israel, my firstborn. So now what we have in the world is we have the whole world who are the sons of Adam and we have another son that's just been born, but he's a placeholder. What's this other son's name? Israel. But Israel's not the son, is it? We're just carry, God is teaching us how to carry that forward. But there will be a son come from Israel. The son. So we're just, we're just, it's just, it's just showing us. And so Israel became the firstborn. And so just like we received the nature of Adam, our federal head, we will receive at some point by faith, a new family who we have a new federal head. And who's that federal head? But see, this is not going to be a natural birth. Just like we got into Adam, our first federal head, we were born naturally through our mother's womb. We were born of water. You're like, well, the womb has water, right? Then what? What also had water? The whole earth was covered in water. The whole earth was born of water. God spoke into the water and he brought forth creation. It was born of water. And then baptism symbolizes being born again, a, a new birth, because when you go into the water, that watery grave of nothingness, you come up and now you're a brand new creation. So he, call, he called everything from the water. Every, so when Jesus says you have to be born of water, and what else? John 3. You've got to know this stuff. You have to be born of water and of spirit. So we have our first federal head born of water. Jesus came into this earth, and was he born of water? That's how he got his natural body. He used God's created plan to get people on the planet. The reproductive system. However, the reproduction of Jesus did not come from a natural man. The Bible says that he is the seed of God. So God put, fertilized the egg in Mary supernaturally. And now we have a man that is coming to the planet that bypasses Adam. That's amazing. That's why virgin birth is so important. And so now he comes forth from water, and so he got his earth suit from the water side, from the natural creation, but he's got something different on the inside of him. He's not from Adam's stock. We've got the seed that's going to crush the head. We've got the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Now, these are all placeholders. God tells the story a thousand different ways, so we won't miss it. But it will require us actually reading our Bibles. One seed through thy seed. So here we have the federal headship. Now, the lesson of the Passover is told over and over and over and over in type. It was in type. If you hide in the one, you are saved from the death sentence of the other. If you hide in the one, you're saved from the death sentence of the other. If you reject the hiding place, you die in Adam, the firstborn. See, because all the firstborn died. Remember, that's Egypt symbolized that. So if you don't, if you reject the hiding place, 
The hiding place that's, I hadn't revealed where it is yet, but it's, it's still covered up, but it's still coming. If you reject the hiding place, you're just going to die and at them. So you paint, that's to confess. You consume, that's receive. And then you leave bondage. That would be a great place for people to start if they understood salvation that way. Confess. That's the painting the blood. Consume. That's the eating the lamb. That's the receiving. And then leave bondage. Leave bondage. You haven't repented if you didn't leave bondage. You just don't want to go to hell. You're still so squarely in Adam. Now you're just deceived in Adam into thinking you're going to heaven. Because you still are not breathing spirit air yet. Because if you were, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. That's how it works. The last Christ shall be the first. That's where Jesus said, the last shall be. See what we just did? First man, Adam, federal head. Last man, Adam, federal head. And what just happened? Oh, we've heard this story before. Jacob and Esau. It's like, God, you're trying to speak to us. <laughs> Two nations are in your womb, and one will be stronger than the other. And the elder shall serve the younger. It's like you have found creative ways to tell this story over and over and over again so we dim-witted morons don't miss it. Yeah, but you have to read the story. Okay. So, but when we leave bond, and all that happens, you paint. I want this to be really important, too. You paint, you confess. That's the confess. You consume. That's receive, and you leave bondage. And all this is done by the work of another. Remember, they were in there just ready waiting because we're waiting for the night of no man's work. Imagine they waited for the night. The hour, Jesus said that. The prince of this world has been judged. For the night comes when no man can work. What's he talking about? The night cometh when no man can work. And whenever he hung on the cross, darkness covered the earth from the twelfth hour till the third hour. It was the night of no man's work. Only one person was working that night. And that was Jesus on the cross. See, we all be, we start to see the symbolism. The whole world was ready waiting for one person to do the work of everyone else. So we could confess, consume, and leave bondage all by the work of another. This is how this all this is amazing. It's amazing. God, you're so specific. And then Romans 8.29 says, see, this gets better. It gets better. Romans 8.29, for God knew his people in advance. He saw, he knew us in advance. That's why he did it. That's why he puts up with us. And he chose them to become <clears throat> like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. I, this is a New Living Translation. You know it after many brethren. It's not trying to exclude women. It's just, it includes it all. So we have a new family, <clears throat> a new family line, a new household, a new administrator, a new teacher, and a new governor. See, we have, a, that's a whole thing. So when you're born, he, you have become a part of a new federal headship. You have become like his son. Who were we like under our old federal headship? Just like Adam. <clears throat> Just like Adam. Then under the new federal headship, who is now the last who's become first, we, according to Paul to Romans, we become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And we all line up behind him as his brothers and sisters. That's why we call each other brother and sister. So Hebrews 2.11. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy, 
the same Father. So now, Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same Father. Now, it sounds like they used to didn't have the same Father. I took a woman to get a bus ticket, showed up here years ago, some good Samaritan picked her up on a Sunday morning, felt the Lord told her to be picked up and to drop her off at the church for me to deal with. I'm like, didn't the Lord, I don't think the Lord did that. I don't think the Lord passed the buck to me. Yes, this is, this is my life, y'all. That's why I want to punch people in the nose. But I don't. I don't. I've never punched anybody in the nose or the throat, but I've won too many times. I don't know what the Lord, I saw her, and I felt like the Lord wanted me to do something with her. Like, take care of her. If, you, if, you, if it's your burden, it's your burden, dude. Yeah. Don't bring her to me. I got my own problems. I got 99 problems, and she's not one. You see what I'm saying? And I know, and I know, I know, I know, I know. You're like, but she's the lost sheep. Okay. Next time I have that, tell me, please write your name on a piece of paper, and I'm going to start at the top and ha- pass them off to you. That's the thing. Is that she was the lost sheep, but God didn't put, him, put her on your heart. Thank you. He put her on his heart, so he's the one that should have went through with that and not passed the buck. Put, yeah, because what God puts on your heart, you don't handle it. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Well, he wants to know what happened. Okay. 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 So, so I, we, it, this is, we have to put her up in a motel. And then the next morning, but see, one motel, we don't put people in motels. You know why? Because one night turns to two nights. Two nights turn. That's not a fix. That's not a fix at all. It's just like a never ending motel bill where I finally have to get mean and they have to get mad and this whole thing ends badly anyway. I've, I've done, believe me, I've done this long enough to know. And so I, um, I said, okay, put you up in the motel room. Because I'm already annoyed by this time. Tomorrow, where are you, where are you going? Where, where's your family? Uh, the stories, y'all. Uh, uh, okay, the story starts. Uh, 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 uh. What's the story? The same story. Where, where, where are you going? Where do you, where do you have family? Where can you sleep off the street? Well, I've got family and she named someplace. Okay, we're going to buy a bus ticket and get you there. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't really. She'd rather me find her a crack dealer and hook her up with him. But I just don't have those on my Rolodex. You know, you'll find those on your own, believe me. So, um, so I, I go buy a bus ticket. Well, I go down here to buy the bus ticket, go in. Oh, we don't sell. We've already, the bus is not coming through here. You got to go to Sulphur Springs. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Yeah, so y'all know, you see the real behind, you know. Y'all, y'all know me well enough to know. I, don't, I play my cards on the table. And so I'm in the car, me and Mike are driving her to Sulphur Springs. She's she working on my dime now. She's getting my lecture. That's it. So I start talking to her about her life and her choices and where she's at. She manifested a demon. Not like biting and clawing those eyes. I looked back there, and her nose was flaring, and she's doing this in my back seat. She said, pull over the car and let me. She said, she said, I'll have you know I'm a child of God. I looked at her, and I said, no, you're not, or he takes terrible care of his children. I said, I'm a child of God, and I'm the one using my resources to help you. So she's calling her, you know, see, most of us are like, see, y'all don't even know the scripture enough to know many times to go, oh, yes, you're a child of God. No, you're not a child of God. If you hadn't been born of spirit, you're not a child of God. He's holy, and he doesn't produce any unholy things like you. You are squarely from your father, who is from his father, who is from his father, who is from his father, all the way to Adam. And I said, she said, I want out of this car. I said, Mike, take the next exit. I said, you want out of this car? I'm going to pull over right up here, and I'm going to set you on the side of the road. I said, we are still 20 miles from Sulphur Springs. You can hitchhike or you can hoof it. It makes no difference to me. Or you can choose to remain here, and I'll take you rest of the way. 
I said, but you will hear the lecture the last 20 miles. You will hear all I have to say for 20 more miles. Choice is yours. I said, exit's coming up. Decide. I'll stay. I, thought, I said, I thought you would. See? Now, many of you are like, you're so mean. No. No. I am not going to be another contributor to her destruction. And I'm not going to let some demon sit in the backseat of my car and tell me how I ought to act. Because I know who I am. And I'm, I bought her a ticket. I put her on a bus. I prayed for her. I told her, I hope you find the Lord and you get free from all of the drugs that you're living under. Because I want her free. But I knew me agreeing with her and going, oh, sweetie, you are a child of God, rubbing her on the back and going, you sweet thing. That's not going to do any good. I want her. I, I want her to be offended all the way down to the core so one day she can feel and work with that offense to the place that she realizes you're not a child of God because you think you're a brother and sister of Christ? I don't think so because they are known for their holiness. Not for their meth addiction. See, we've got to get, we've got to understand this. Colossians 1 and 18 says, New Living Translation, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. Gosh. He's the head, we're the body. Do you realize your call on earth is to incarnate Christ? Incarnate. Carne. Oh, how many of you all know what carne is? Yeah, what's that mean? Meat, talk, meat. It means meat. Carne means meat. You are the meat sack. You're the meat sack. The flesh. You're the flesh that the Spirit comes in and you actually incarnate, incarnate. You are the container of flesh that the Spirit of God lives in and you provide the legs, the hands, the eyes, the ears, the mouth, the nose, the expression of what holiness is on the planet. And its first stop is in your house. That's it. That's exactly right. And then we express that life through our life as his brothers and sisters. And we do things in his name because he's the head, the federal head of the church. He's first place in my life. Let me finish reading this scripture. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, the supreme over all who rise from the dead. Did y'all rise from the dead? In type. You got your placeholder, didn't you? When you stood in that baptismal tank, that's when you showed it to the world. Now, you'd already done it. As soon as you got saved, you'd already risen from the dead. But your public declaration of that, to show everyone, you got your placeholder. That when you went under and you came up, it's like the preacher should have handed you a placeholder and said, that's your reservation card for the real enactment. But you're already in time. It's as if, it's as if you've already done it. You've already left Adam... That federal head. See, do you see how all your gen do you see how all your generational curses are broken? Yes. Yeah. So all those so many people are still in Christ trying to break, break generational curses. That's not you don't need to break a generational curses. You need to break the ignorance off of you about what's been done. Because what see, and you won't do it. Here's the thing, Grace, and I love that you said that. You won't do the same thing when you understand what's been done. When you uh, you're like, oh, oh, because faith, the faith to perform it comes when you hear the message. I'm giving you the message today. The faith to accomplish what I'm telling you is in the message. All you got to do is receive the message and receive the faith, and then turn that. You got the pin number, so to speak. Put it back in the, the 
ATM and put in the PIN number, that's your faith, and then the grace that's in there just starts coming out for you to accomplish the hard stuff. What's the hard stuff? Getting off of your addiction. Stop looking at pornography. Stop thinking of yourself under Adam, his federal headship. Now you're like, I've got the gasoline to drive this car. That's the grace. He already has. What I do is I go, who do you think you are? That's it. And now you just have to operate in that. It's not that it's not going to be challenged. It's going to be challenged, but you check yourself. Yeah. God, this is how it works. I got to go. 1 Corinthians 11, 3, but I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. I want to do this. I might do this next week. And the head, of every, the head of every man is Christ. And the head of every man woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to line up some order. It's going to be important. It's going to be important. See, and it's going to be great because I'm going to be doing it. Because if there's anybody in this room, you think... That wouldn't be lined up under authority. It'd be Andrea Lee Sanders, Booker Sanders. So we're going to do that next week. Lord, let's go. Amen. And Mike, I'm going to do it for Mike.